Hey guys, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Um, let's just start by saying I bought Doge stock <laughs> coins. Um, why? I don't know. I, I, first of all, I guess I should start by saying this is not financial advice, nor am I telling you to buy Doge coins. I understand the risks that are associated with Doge coins. I understand that I think it's like 10,000 coins are made every day or something like that. Like, I, I, I totally understand all of that. I also know, and I'm going to repeat, that you should not invest money that you cannot afford to lose. Like, don't put money into stocks that you can't afford to lose, right? That's very important. Now, all of that being said, this whole Doge thing is fucking entertaining to me. <laughs> and I literally, I'm only, the only reason why I put money into it is so that I could say that I am part of this whole thing. And not too many people are talking about Doge right now. In fact, if you're listening to this, you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Just go on Twitter and type in D-O-G-E and just read. Uh, <laughs> like... And I'm noticing more like celebrities like um, tweeting about putting money. They've like they just bought some Doge coin, like Doge for the people. And I'm just like, okay, I mean this is madness, but I actually bought some more today. <laughs> and once again, I didn't put money in that I you know couldn't afford to lose. It was like some just like extra money that I had that I was probably gonna spend on something stupid anyway. Um, and I was like, fuck it, let me just. It's like five cents now, if that, per coin. I just want to be part of it just to see what happens. If it drops down to 0. 0.002 or whatever, okay, fine. But I have spent more <laughs> to be entertained, to be less entertained than I'm being entertained by Doge right now. So fuck it. And look, best case scenario, this whole thing does catch on and somehow they cap the production of, you know, they limit the production of Doge and Doge becomes like as legit as Bitcoin because there was a time when people laughed at the idea of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. And there was a time when Bitcoin was worth like 15 cents or whatever. I just, can you imagine like five years from now, like the talking heads in the news are seriously talking are talking seriously about Doge. And there's literally like a coin on MSNBC right now with that dog giving the side eye. <laughs> this is like a serious news channel. And they're like, Doge is now up. <laughs> Sorry. I can't even say it seriously. Doge is now up $100 a coin right now. Like, can you just imagine that? Like, and to me... That's worth the price of admission, like to just be sitting. I'm imagining a future version of myself right now, sitting on the couch watching something like a serious MSNBC channel. And these broadcasters are seriously taking Dogecoin seriously and talking about it. And let's just say, I don't know, something crazy. Somebody, Elon Musk decides that he's going to build his own colony on fucking Mars or something and he decides that Doge is going to be the currency and I just happen to have some Dogecoin and now I'm like a billionaire because it's made so much okay millionaire because it's made so much I didn't put that much in it where I would be a billion billionaire um because it ended up being so valued um and I will have this podcast episode forever to be like at one point in time 
I put some money in Doge because I thought that shit was going to be hilarious. And now I'm a billionaire or whatever. This is how my mind works. <laughs> so I'm not saying you should go out and buy Doge. This is not a, uh, this is not financial advice. That's my uh, necessary um, disclaimer. I'm just saying personally, I find this shit entertaining. And this thing always goes up over the weekend. It's like the stock market closes on Fridays. And so people are just sitting around in the middle of a quarantine and people have nothing else better to do because everything's shut down anyway. And even if you're in a state that's not shut down, you're kind of low-key afraid to go out and socialize with other human beings because you're afraid of dying. <laughs> so we're all just at home. Nobody's really going anywhere Friday. I mean, it's Friday night, but like, so <laughs> where are you gonna go are you gonna go to a bar yeah that's all closed are you gonna go to a club are you gonna go to a restaurant yeah, everything is closed so what else are people gonna do and then the stock market closes like i said on friday so over the weekend tw- like crypto is still a thing so people just throw money on it and sit on social media and see what happens and and i want to be a part of it <laughs> so i'm now a part of those Doge Army, guys. Doge Army. All right. Um, so I ended last episode. Moving on. I ended last episode, last week's episode, talking about how I was going to talk about the future. I did not pre-listen to last week's episode, like the last bit of it, to remember what I was going to say or talk about or what I said I was going to talk about this episode. I figured I was just going to fucking wing it. But I know that it had something to do with the future. Um So I'm just going to take that and run with it. Um, I started this episode obviously talking about imagining a future version of myself. And that's what I've been doing a lot of um, lately. It's it's kind of like a fun mental exercise is really thinking about what does the future hold for us as a society? And what is awaiting us? What's waiting for us? And, you know, think about like 100 years ago, if somebody would have said to like said to you hey you know in a hundred years all right in in 1921 somebody walked up to you so you were alive in 1921 and you probably were if you believe in reincarnation but let's just say somebody walked up to you in 1921 and said in a hundred years people will have cell phones right where you can communicate with anybody at an instant around the world see them communicate with them in real time on on this thing called a cell phone right and search for anything, listen to a podcast, listen to, you know, a radio, watch a YouTube video, learn anything, attend university on this tiny mini monolith. I'm going to get back to why I call this art, I call cell phones monoliths. Um, but this tiny mini monolith that fits in your pocket, all of the world's information in your palm, in the palm of your hand, somebody told you this shit, you would be like, shut the fuck up and pass me whatever it is you're smoking. Because like, that's how wild it is, you know, that our present is and would have been construed to somebody a hundred years from now. And I've been watching a lot of Star Trek. I'm on Star Trek uh, Voyager now. I've just slowly been working my way up. I started with uh, um, the original series then I moved on to uh, uh, the next generation. And now I'm on Voyager. Um, and I'm like on season five. So after this, I'm going to, you know, move on to the one with the black commander. I don't know what that one's called, but I keep seeing memes of him. And I'm like, I want to see this guy because the memes are hilarious. Um, but, you know, if you watch shows like this 
And you think about how brilliant a man like Gene Roddenberry was and his writing staff to come up with these, you know, sort of concept. And you, they're based on science. Like I've read enough about physics and quantum physics to know that they are definitely consulting with like theoretical physicists to come up with a lot of these storylines. But after just essentially inundating my psyche with all of these these shows about the future, um, I, I'm now at the point in my life where like I'm really enjoying thinking about, okay, what's, what is it going to be like a hundred years from now? Like assuming like the, you know, all of the horrible prophecies don't happen, like, you know, um, climate change destroying all of us or comets striking in the world or, um, <laughs> um, or the, you know, the magnetic whatever shifting and all the craziness. I just assuming that like worst, all the worst case scenarios don't happen and we just carry on, you know, technologically evolving what is the future going to hold for us? And that to me is fun. So I, I wanted to do a podcast of that. And I encourage you guys to, you know, imagine with me, you know. Um, so before we delve into that, I want to start with a few quotes um, that I had. Um, there was this one quote from an episode of Star Trek. It had something to do with like the, this guy that had this like machine and they were able to like wipe out all like different civilizations and stuff like that and alter time. Um, But one of the characters that had this machine, he said, past, present, and future, they exist as one. They breathe together. So all of it, all of what we're experiencing right now exists as one. They breathe together. More or less what he's saying or what he was saying is that it's all intertwined, right? Um, There was this, there was this filmmaker on, on Twitter by the name of Matthew Cook. And he did this like mini documentary, mini documentary where he basically drew a straight line from what happened during, at the end of the civil war and, or, and, and the inaction that was taken and the direct line to the civil rights movement to literally what we experienced on the 6th of the storming of the Capitol. And because of the consequences that were not put into place or not, not in, enacted, essentially America is, is the way it is now because of the failures to act of people, you know, in the 1800s. Like everything has consequences, right? So the actions of people in the past are now sort of, I guess, I will say, to rephrase, the sins of the father are, are visited on the son, so to speak, right? It's a biblical verse, I'm not a fan of the Bible, but there's still, you know, merit there. There's wisdom there. And that's essentially what we're, what we're seeing. What people did and didn't do in the 1800s, we are now kind of suffering the consequences of that now. And you could even stretch that back to like, you know, choosing to enslave people and bringing them here and all of that, like all of that. It's all intertwined. The past is tied to the present, is tied to the future. And more importantly, we are now the past of the future. I say that again, our present time, our present is the past to those in the future. Our present is the past of those in the future. So just like the actions and inactions of people in the 1800s are now sort of influencing and have influenced, you know, us now, what we do now or fail to do will influence the future. 
and what happens in the future. Not even will influence because I've said in several episodes, all of time is happening at once. I'll say it again. All of time is happening right now at once. So what we are doing now is influencing the future. And there's not just one future. There are multiple probabilities of futures. And those are my regular listeners. Like at this point, like every episode when I talk about these things, I'm building you guys up, right? I'm doing all the reading, all, all these books, you know, five books, <laughs> five books a, a week and talking to them about you, you know, talking about them to you guys, because I know you guys don't always have the time you know, to go or energy to sit through and read these books. And, and so I'm telling you what I'm reading, but I'm telling you these things for a reason. And obviously I tell you the topics so you can go and find these books out, you know, on your own as well, if you want to read it on your own. But, you know, when I talk about theoretical physics and I talk about parallel realities and I talk about alternate timelines and things of that nature, you know, I'm saying that because that's, you know, we're building the foundation for what we're going to grow this podcast into, where we're going to really talk about things that are paradigm shifting and make you really look at reality in a different way than, you know, what we've been programmed to, to look. So look at rather. So all of time exists right now. All of time is happening right now, simultaneously, the past, present, future. And there's not just one past just like there's not just one future the actions that we take will shape the realities the future realities that we will experience right so everything exists as probabilities but they're all tangible right it's our collective consciousness that then makes it real if that makes sense it makes sense it makes sense it makes sense okay so moving on i don't want it to get too technical because that's not the that's not the energy of this podcast today so keep that in mind. It's all intertwined. It's all happening at once. Okay. There is a book I read called Exogenesis, Hybrid Humans by uh, Bruce and Daniela Fenton. Um, it's basically the quote, scientific history of extraterrestrial genetic manipulation. I don't believe everything that the authors talked about in that book, but there are some gems in there that make you go, Hmm, very interesting stuff. But a direct quote from that book is, every action we take right now and every idea we have are shaping not only ourselves, but our descendants. We'd better decide what we want humans to be like in the future. I'll say it again. Every action we take right now and every idea we have are shaping not only ourselves, but our descendants. We'd better decide what we want humans to be like in the future. That to me, that lasts phrase of the sentence is powerful, is empowering. We can decide collectively and individually, we can decide what humans will be like in the future. We are deciding it right now. I would argue that we're not doing it consciously, just like I would argue that the people in the 1800s weren't thinking about how their behavior Right, their actions and their inactions. So, you know, failure to prosecute, um, you said insurrectionists <laughs> and war criminal and, and traitors. Um, they weren't thinking about what those actions would, how those actions and inactions would reverberate through time. Right, and so now we are, we have the luxury to look back and go because they failed to do this, this happened. Right. 
the civil rights movement happened, the Jim Crow laws happened, apartheid in America happened. And now we're seeing, you know, the consequence. I'm, I'm dancing around because I don't want this episode to be political because that's not the point of it. It's, 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 it's more philosophical. I want you guys to think. I really, guys, I really want you guys to really think because humanity as a whole tends to be, and this is just, it's just a nature, but we can change it. We just, we tend to be a bit myopic um, and short-sighted. We don't think about, okay, what are the consequences of my action? What is going to come from me doing this, right? We or just so focused on like, well, what is it, what's in it for me? Or what do I want right now? Not what do I want in the future? And how do I shape my future? Which is why that phrase, we decide what we want humans to be like in the future is very poignant. It's very strong. It's very powerful. And I want you guys to really take that to heart. You know, how we interact with people, how we treat people, how we talk to people, what we do, the choices we make, the things that we vote for. The consequences of all of this reverberate through time, are reverberating through time. If you have kids, how you treat your kids will influence how their kids will be treated or how they will live their life. Right? It's not just what's happening right now. We are, we, we are temporal beings and we are responsible. While we're bound in time, we are responsible to be mindful of the consequences of our actions beyond just the present time, beyond just today. Because past, pres- past, present, and future exist as one. They breathe together. <sighs> powerful stuff. For me, that's powerful stuff. To me, that 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 it's not it's not just okay. How am I living, right? It's not just how am I going to live my life, right? All of a sudden, you're not just some, you know, insignificant being that doesn't, you know, doesn't matter and is going to die and fade away. Two things. One of the things that I talk about on this podcast repeatedly is reincarnation. There are plenty of books out there that have basically said that reincarnation is real. You just need to accept that reincarnation is real. Personally, I have been striving to not get reincarnated again. Um, as my regular listeners will know, I've kind of raged against that. And um, I've, I personally consider reincarnation a kind of trap. Um, and so I am fully determined, at least right now, <laughs> I, I, I'm fully determined for this to be my last incarnation. But I don't know, maybe as I get older, I might decide if I can figure out a way to maintain consciousness and remember who I was. Because to me, that's the problem with reincarnation. You don't remember who you were in your past lives. So if you don't, then you just end up relooping the same thing. You get stuck in the same karmic trap and then you keep coming back and coming back and coming back, right? So that's why I'm like, I don't want to be stuck in the cycle, right? I, I want to move on to see what else has passed, is outside of this world, what's out there past this one, right? But Assuming that we can't yet figure out a way to to break out of the uh, recycling, the reincarnation trap, then this means that if you die, when you die, rather, not if, unless you're immortal, which cool, Uh, send me a message if you are, because that's cool. Uh, But 
I never talked to an immortal before, but um, at least that I know of. Uh, but sorry, I can't really slide steps. Um, but when you die, you're going to come back here, right? And you're going to come back to a future that is essentially the karmatic, karmatic, it's a karmatic, yeah, karma tick. Yeah, consequence of the actions and inactions that we underwent presently. That's also a part of karma, right? What we did and or failed to do now, we will, what we're sowing now, your reincarnated soul will reap in the future. So it might behoove you, for example, if you are a bigot to maybe stop being a bigot because if you are a racist, for example, um, and you happen to be at the top of the totem pole right now, so to speak, like I should say if you're a white supremacist, racist, and you (laughs) happen to be right now benefiting from white supremacy, you might come back as a white person who now has to suffer the consequences of benefiting from a system of white supremacy. Does that make sense? Um, there is a story, uh, one of the books that I've referenced in the podcast, I can't think of the author's name right now, but I think the title of the book is called Life After Life, I believe. Um, anyway, it told a story about, uh, Japanese bombers who had bombed, uh, Burmese people during uh, a war. And then they reincarnated into the children of people, of the Burmese people. Myanmar now, um, but Burma at the time. Um, they, these Japanese uh, fighters, uh, I think they were called Foo Fighters, I don't know. But um, they, when they died, they, they were reincarnated as the children of the people that they had killed or you know related to the people that they had killed of the of the culture that they had attacked and killed that's how it works and they asked these children and these children were some of them were born like knowing japanese some of them were born you know practicing like certain cultural things that were only natural to the japanese people some of them could recall their past lives as Japanese soldiers. Like, that legit happened. These are facts, okay? (laughs) Like, and that's one of the things that I loved about that author who wrote Life, I believe it's Life After Life. I don't want to, like, dead air um, while while I try to find the title of it, but I have referenced it before. Um, I'm actually going to dead air (laughs) to find the... Uh, no, it's not life after life because I'm searching for it and it's not popping up. Let's see. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, Life Before Life by Jim B. Tucker. That's the name of the book. Okay, good. Glad I I researched it. But I would, I recommend that you go and read that because there's a deep sigh. (laughs) The reason why I just cut out because I went to go find the 
title of the of the of the book and accidentally hit play on the audible and it kicked my shit off. So anyway, that's the book is called Life Before Life. And um I would suggest that you read that. But what we do now, what we do now, how we live now will influence the life that we get reincarnated into. That's why it's almost you're almost doing yourself a disservice, just doing your future self a disservice to not at least look into the idea of reincarnation. People have believed in it uh, for centuries and not just one culture, a myriad of cultures. And so if you're living your life according to what the status quo is right now, the status quo tells you, depending on what you believe, it's either, oh, you die and then you go to heaven if you're a super religious person, um, whatever heaven is, or you die and then that's it. But you can't just accept that belief as fact if you haven't at least taken the time, put in the time to check out what other cultures believe. See, the problem with European supremacy or the idea of white supremacy is that it's not just the racism, you know, which that obviously clearly problematic. So it's not just the racism, it's how it affects your mindset, right? It's the idea that if it's not a, an ideology that has been pushed by Europeans or by white people, then it's just not true. That's dangerous because there are other cultures who also have their own scientists, who also have their own religion, who also have their own beliefs. And I'm not saying that you go and you adapt their beliefs. I'm saying consider their perspectives as well. Although the the uh, the author who wrote Life Before Life, uh, Dr. Um, uh, Jim B. Tucker, that is, a, that is a Westerner. And he why I like that book is because he actually took the time to go to these countries and, and also in the U.S. as well, interview people. And he, he, took, he approached it using a scientific method. It was a scientific approach. Um, followed up in, with these people's, followed up on these people's claims of remembering their past lives and then documented it. So I would definitely recommend that book for sure, for sure. So assume I'm right. Okay. Assuming that my premise is right. Assuming that all of these other people who believed in reincarnation, all these thinkers, all these scientists, all these philosophers who also believed in reincarnation spread out throughout time and through different cultures are also right, or at least onto something, right? Then that means that there is a version of you out there in the future in a different, in 500 years from now, living, maybe not remembering this version of yourself, this incarnated version, this incarnation of yourself in 2021, this, you know, this timeline, but there is a future version of you that is alive right now. And how that plays out, how that works, I have no idea. I can only theorize and I have certain theories, but I'm not going to go into that in this episode right now. This one more has to do with future thinking and future seeing um, and future imagining, just more for the fun of it, uh, as well as something that's thought provoking and really makes you want to, okay, like, 
think like, oh, food for thought, like, okay, what if? Um, so on the, on, under, on the thinking of, okay, so if somebody in 1921, if you ask them to imagine a cell phone, they couldn't, right? I started to think, okay, so what would it be hard? What would be hard for people to accept what happened in the future? What kind of technology would exist that if you brought it up to like the average person, they would have a hard time wrapping their minds around? And the first thing I thought of was, okay, all right. So where we're going right now is that everything that was available to basically rich people are now being offered to regular working class people. Like, for example, Uber. The idea of Uber started off as essentially it's a private car service. And private car service was something that, you know, only a wealthy, you know, only wealthy people could afford. And it came in the idea of like a, essentially like a quote, chauffeur, all right, chauffeur or whatever. And Uber basically turned that into and made it available to everybody. And that was their business model, right? Now you have your own personal driver um, or your personal chauffeur, however you want to, you know, imagine that. And that's their business premise. Then you have like food delivery services like um, uh, Instacart or Amazon Now or whatever, right? Basically, it took something where it was having a personal shopper and that was something that was only available to, you know, the wealthy. And then they made it, you know, available to everybody else. So now you can order groceries, just pay somebody, you know, tip them and pay a fee and they'll shop for you. It's a personal shopper and they deliver the food to you. So that was something that was once available to the wealthy. And now the business model is you make that available to, you know, the average Joe right um what else oh i i i just noticed on audible they when you go to return a book they have changed their customer service label and they've changed it to a concierge so now they call it a audible concierge right so it's all fancy right and a concierge used to be something that is offered at a high-end hotel and so they're taking the idea of something that's high-end and then they're applying it to, oh, I'm calling in, you know, I want to return this book. And this person introduces, introduces themselves as, oh, I'm your concierge for the evening or whatever. So you're taking something that was that once marketed to just the wealthy and you're opening it up to, for everybody. And then that's the, that's the business model. So then I started to think, okay, so let's start imagining what the future is. Right now, you know, everybody had, has a car. Well, most people have a car or access to some kind of vehicle. But a hundred years ago, right, the idea of having your own personal car, because, you know, it was a new technology and things like that, was only something that was available to the wealthy. Even even cell phones, being able to FaceTime people, there was a time, it was a very short moment in time, but I do remember this, and I've referenced this in, in, in past episodes, where somebody, this one company, and I wonder whatever happened to them, but they came out with a phone. It was a landline, and you could call and see somebody on their on the screen and the whole idea was like oh my god like I could call somebody and see them and I think this was like around 2000s or something like that and that concept in itself was mind-blowing like being able to see somebody you're talking to on the phone and then like right after that they came out with smartphones and I'm sure that business went out of business awful but you know at the time it was brilliant and mind-blowing right and 
Um, and it was also very expensive. And the other person also had to have the same phone for it to work. And the phone was expensive. So, uh, but future, right? At that time, it was like, wow, like, can you imagine being able to see somebody so far away? And now it's so commonplace. Like, we take it for granted. Like, I was talking to my cousin, he's in England, and like, his he was calling on his laptop. So it was like kind of, it was like older laptop. So it was kind of like staticky. And I remember saying something like I was annoyed. Like I was like, Oh, can you fix your phone please? Or fix your laptop, please? Like I keep hearing the static. And then I checked myself. Cause I was like, wait, that's fucking stupid. Like I'm being an idiot. Like the fact that I could talk to you, you're in another time zone. Technically he's even in the future. Cause I'm in California. He's in London. Like <laughs> they're like eight hours ahead or something crazy like that. And I'm complaining because like there's a little static as I'm trying to have a conversation with somebody who's like clean across the world, like in another continent. Like the shit we take for granted is just mind blowing. Like imagine what people 50 years ago, even not even like I'm saying 100 years ago, 50 years ago. Imagine what people 50 years ago would think about the stuff that we have access to now, the technology that we have access to now mind-blowing so I, I kind of want to think like okay what if everything goes according to plan in sense of like we don't destroy ourselves on the planet and we just keep hopefully evolving um technologically and and you know psychologically as well hopefully uh, <laughs> what is the future going to look like and then I thought okay well essentially what's going to end up happening unfortunately um is that Right now, what do rich people have? They have access to private jets and private jets are very expensive. But if we're extrapolating that what used to be offered to the rich is now being offered to you know, average everyday people, then eventually what's going to end up happening is that flying cars are gonna become commonplace. And then we'll look up and see, and there's gonna be a lot of like, light pollution and stuff like that so that's a downside right that to me I'm like oh I'm gonna miss looking out in the the sky and not seeing you know a bunch of planes and stuff you know flying cars in the air but I feel like that's where we're heading towards right it's flying cars like it's almost inevitable like they're trying to now push like drone deliveries and stuff like that which I'm like can they not though like I don't know how much faster you want shit to be delivered to you I know they're trying to cut out having to pay human beings to deliver stuff. But I like looking up and not seeing a bunch of drones flying in the air or whatever. You know what I mean? But you can make the argument that, you know, there was a time before we had highways and stuff like that and roads that, you know, the people who were pushing for, okay, let's build road, roads and turn everything into, you know, pavements and sidewalks and and highways or saying, okay, well, this is just the price of progress. We have to cut through these trees and, you know, put cement over everything. And I'm sure that there were people who said, okay, well, I don't want to look at a bunch of gravel and cement and, you know, streetlights. Like I I want nature. And I'm sure that the people who wanted, you know, highways, their argument was, well, this is just the cost of progress. So I'm sure that's going to be something that we were going to have to grapple with. So, but I'm seeing that, I'm thinking that that's something that's going to be the next thing. Okay. We're moving from you know, oil powered cars to now, you know, probably 10 years to now, most of the cars are going to be electric cars and what that looks like. 
And then after that, probably solar powered cars and what that looks like. And then after that, too, you're going to have flying cars or hovercrafts or whatever it is. And then I was like, okay, but let's say, let's throw ourselves like 100 years into the future, 200 years into the future. And let's say that what they're working with, working with at CERN right now is, you know, like trying to find black holes because, you know, trying to travel through space or trying to create black holes or trying to create wormholes. Like eventually someone's going to have an accident and they're going to discover how to make a wormhole. And then that becomes the next thing. And perhaps we just skip the whole flying cars thing, which I actually like that idea better. And instead of like, okay, I'm going to fly to London, you know, in my private jet that goes like super fast, you know what I mean? Like, so it's not like a long flight anymore. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's where I'm getting at too, that these planes are going to go super fast. Um, eventually, everyone's just going to have their own wormhole, but it's not even, it's going to, it's not going to just go to everybody having their own wormhole. Like everything is like progress, right? So then airports aren't going to be you're getting on a plane to fly somewhere anymore airports are going to be like you're going to go to the airport and walk through a wormhole like think about that like i'm sorry i'm nerding out but the idea to of of that is so wild to me like right now i'm in california okay so imagine in the future once they've discovered how to like make their own wormhole and they've you know proven to make it safe and everything like that i want to go to london now Okay, so you go through the airport, go through security, do your thing or whatever, and then you just walk through the wormhole, and on the other side, you're now in England. Like, isn't that uh, that crazy? (laughs) That's wild to me. And it's wild to me, but I know that the tech, it's, it's possible. We don't have the technology now, but traveling through wormholes is not an impossibility. Neither is creating wormholes. It's just we haven't reached there yet. We're not there yet technologically, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen in the future. And that's crazy to me. I think just even thinking about the fact that at at some point one day they're going to figure out a way to make planes faster than they are that than they are right now. Like something's going to happen somewhere, and a flight to you know even without warm homes warm homes warm holes even without that like eventually what's the next step is okay we've got planes now how do we make them faster all right and so there's gonna come in time and i may or may not live to see that but if reincarnation is a thing then a version of me will experience that where i go okay i'm in california i want to go see you know the eiffel tower let me just book a trip and then you go to this airport or whatever it's gonna teleport there you go <laughs> uh whatever it's gonna be called and then you go through security and then you walk through and now like boom you're in another side of the world in an instant you're not sitting on a plane or whatever it is you're just boom now you're in the, no jet lag maybe you do have jet lag i don't know i guess would you have jet lag? I don't know. But <laughs> like that is wild to me. That is fun to think about. Like, and I encourage you to think think about that. And of course, then the next step is, okay, now, another hundred years from now, they found a way to take take it from, okay, you go to the airport and get on a commercial uh, wormhole and now it's a private wormhole and now you can 
you know, tell, take a wormhole directly to like the hotel that you want to go stay in. Like it's like a, you know, five-star hotel or whatever it is. And then of course a step after that is now everybody will just have a wormhole in their house. So then distance is no longer a thing, right? Like if you want to go see your mom, you can literally just like push a button, call her on, you know, FaceTime. Okay, mom, I'm stopping by. And then boom, you teleport to go see them. When you're done, you teleport back, you know, using a wormhole, whatever, teleport back home. Now you can literally, the world is your freaking oyster and you can live anywhere in the world. Distance is not an issue. If you decide, okay, I'm going to go live in Australia, right? Long distance relationships, like, okay, that works. Like, you know, you don't have to FaceTime them and say, all right, well, I know you have to go take that job in like New Zealand, um, but I'm going to have to stay in in uh, New York. All of that is gone. Like, you don't have to, st- you can work in New Zealand, hop in, the, in your wormhole, go do your job, finish your job, take the wormhole back, be home by dinner. Like, that's the future. That's the future that's waiting for us. And that's wild to me. And I'm excited. And part of me is like, do I want to not reincarnate? Do I want to experience this? Um, because that's cool. Like that's, I get excited thinking about stuff like that. Um, what else? Well, I mean, obviously, eventually we will figure out a cure for cancer. Eventually we'll figure out a cure for a lot of the diseases that have plagued you know, mankind right now which is, it's nice, you know, um, television becomes different. Uh, I've hinted at this. In fact, I've had a whole podcast on this about how this is what we're living in right now, a simulation, but what's the progress, right? So we went from, think about the progress, the evolution of entertainment, the evolution of television, right? It first started off as artists would draw on the wall, on the cave. That's entertainment. Think about it. So they would draw on caves and then it became telling stories around the fire. And then that became plays, right? Shakespeare and that. And then it turned into silent movies. Then it turned into proper movies, black and white movies. Then it was color. Then it was 3D. Then it was um, augmented reality and uh, CGI. And now we're seeing like simulation. So what's the next step, right? A hundred years from now, you are not, it's not even, you're not going to sit on a couch and watch your favorite characters. You're going to put something on your head, take a pill, suspend disbelief and go into the simulation where you become like Luther, you become Iron Man, you become I don't know, I'm drawing a blank right now. (laughs) I'm trying to think about it. But whatever your favorite character, you know, TV, uh, Jean-Luc Picard, you're now in Star Trek. You're you're now on the Voyager. You're going through all of this. And while you're watching it, and you are these characters. And of course, when it's all said and done, you know, you unplug and then you go to, you know, go about, you hop in your wormhole and go do your job (laughs) and come back. Like, think about everything it's not just going to carry on like this, you know? Like, the future, well, there's going to be, there's myriad of different futures. It depends on how we live now. But the future is going to be wild. And to me, I'm not, I'm not even extrapolating anything that's, like, too far out there because they are, like, 
physicists are looking for ways to make wormholes. They're not doing that for no reason, right? And um, we do have, you know, virtual reality games. Like, that's going to evolve also, right? Um, And then, of course, you have the regular, you know, idea. So now you have Siri is your phone, but eventually Siri is going to be turned into a robot. There is a robot company, I think, in Boston called Boston Dynamics. I believe that's them. And the last video I've seen of them, like, they have their robots, like, able to dance now. Like, that's a thing. So now it's like, okay, you're going to have a robot that's, like, you could FaceTime, you know, your mom or your dad and, like, talk to them. But it's not on a tiny screen anymore. Now it's going to be on a robot that kind of can walk with you and talk with you. Like, that's so cool. I'm such a nerd. I'm sorry. But it's just, I live so far away from my family and everything like that. But imagine, like, 20 years from now, hopefully they're still alive. Let's say 10. 10 years because they're in their 60s. Um, 10 years from now, I get a robot, an Apple robot, and then I get one for my mom. And she powers it on, and it's like a full-blown robot. Like, it's made, you know, like like a body. Like, it's six feet tall, but it's got a blank screen. And all I have to do if I want to call her, it's not this little screen where she's holding it, right? It's it's now projects It now projects onto the the face of the robot and then it can just walk with her and talk to her and like instead of her holding the screen the robot will just follow her you know around and help her with things and stuff like that you know and then you know as they get older like the robot can do her dishes you know like it's not hard doing the dishes it just goes in and pick up or you could even make it where you could, could oh you can sorry you can control I, I love I love this stuff but imagine you could take the robot now like okay my mom needs help but I'm here I can't help her but I've got this apple robot that I got for her and she needs help doing the dishes okay mom I'll do your dishes and I just pick up the joysticks right or it's not even joysticks because I'm not even thinking uh, gloves and now I put on like this uh this visor or this uh, helmet or whatever, and I can see what the robot sees. And then I go in, and I pick up the the dish, um, pick up the brush, and I'm like washing her dishes. But I, and but the robot is doing it for me, right? But I'm controlling it. Like imagine that, or take that a step further. Now that same robot, like they need to move the couch or something like that, or move a table. It just picks up. You you wear the the gloves and then the thing just walks up to the couch and picks up the 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 couch and turns it this way you know you control everything like that's coming guys that's coming like that's cool you know that's cool and that's well everybody's just got their own personal robot just kind of following them around or whatever so that's fun another um I have to come back to that because that's actually like, what could you do with that? You know, like, okay, so I can help my mom wash her dishes. You know, she needs me to do her laundry. Okay, I'll have the robot do it or whatever. As long as you're controlling it and you see it, you know, you could do that. Seems kind of inefficient. They got to work on that. I guess eventually you can, you know, maybe they'll make the robot smart enough where it can do it without the person actually doing it. Or you just, she can do her own dishes, but the robot's the one doing it and she's just moving, doing the movements while she's like, you know, laying on the couch or something like that, relaxing. I don't know. Um, I did a tweet today about, uh, I'll read it. 
uh, what did I say? I said, in the future. Did I take a picture of it? Yeah, I said, um, in the future, time travel is now commonplace. Retro tourism is booming. That eerie feeling you get of being watched in the middle of the night, that's just your great-great-great-grandkids watching you sleep. Occasionally, one of them hides your keys just to watch you freak out. <laughs> so I tweeted that today. And it's like, on one end, if I, haven't, if I hadn't spent all this time reading about what is possible in physics, I wouldn't be able to make that kind of statement. But it's coming. It, it, it's, it has already happened. Scientists somewhere have cracked time travel. And as a result... Right now, in your room, look around. That feeling you get that somebody is watching you, even though you are alone in your home right now, that feeling is not a wrong feeling. That is your great-great-great-great-great-grandchild observing you. Yeah, they're watching you pick your nose right now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they just... uh, I said uh, retro tourism. That'd be a great show. I would watch that. Retro sh- retro tourism is a thing, right? So now everybody not only has their own wormhole, they also have their own time travel. Because what's what's the one thing that drives human behavior, right? Boredom. We're all easily bored. And, and the more these sort of technologies kind of progress, the more we're like, okay, what else is there? What else is there? So eventually when, you know, they're in the future. Eventually what's going to happen in the future is like universal basic income is going to be a thing. Everybody's going to be using uh, Doge. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, you don't have to work if you don't want to. Um, maybe what, uh, what they uh, chronicled in Star Trek is a thing where instead of you having to like, you know, buy groceries or something like that. Everybody just has a replicator and you could just replicate your meal. And you just say, computer, make me some ice cream. Some computer, make me some uh, tea or whatever. And it's just replicated food, right? So then you don't have to do that. And every person that's born, you know, gets housing, right? And, you know, it's if you don't like the basic, you know, average housing, then you can obviously go get a job and work harder, um, or just work, I guess, to get like a bigger home or whatever it is that suits you. Um, or you could just be entertained. I don't know. Um, obviously the future will have their problems. Uh, but that I think that's going to be a thing. And then, um, you know, with time travel now being a thing, instead of taking trips to different places, like part of what makes vacations so alluring is that oh it's like you're you know you're going off to this distant place but if everybody's got a super fast jet it's not that far anymore you know and if everybody's got like let's say their access to a wormhole and you're hopping somewhere and experiencing it all of a sudden things that you should take forever to do become take less and less time and with things taking less and less time you're gonna have more and more free time and so there's going to be a need to fill that free time. Also, in this future, obviously, they're going to eventually eradicate sickness and disease. There's a root cause of disease inflammation. They can figure out how to sort it. And it's, we're, we're almost there. 
we're almost there. We're almost at the point, and I, by almost, I mean like 100 years. I don't know if I'll live to see it, but it's right around the corner where we do eradicate sickness, disease, poverty. That's the future that I want to experience. And I, I, nothing, I don't believe anything is impossible at all. I mean, I think we've, we've lived long enough. Look around to just see. Like, I don't think anything is impossible. So to me, it's not hard to imagine a future where people aren't hungry on the streets, where people aren't, you know, homeless. You know what I mean? Where mental health isn't adequately treated. Right? You go to the doctor, they do a scan, they find out what's wrong with you, they give you something, problem solved. Maybe it's a, it's a synthesized um, magic mushrooms, and, uh, whatever, LSD, whatever it is, but they, it changes you know, the, the chemical imbalances of people's minds and now you know, people are functioning, well-functioning. You know, we have moved past racism because the whole concept of racism is fucking stupid. <laughs> so we've evolved past the stupidity of thinking that you are superior to somebody because you lack melanin. Like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, we've moved past that uh, because we're not idiots uh, anymore. Um, so what, what's next? Okay, well, you know, things take less time you're going to have more free time. So how are you going to fill the free time? Well, time travel. Now you get, you could travel back and, you know, observe people in the past anytime. And, and I would argue to go as far as maybe you can go back in time and not just observe, like become a person in the past. I'm sorry. I would bet money that people like Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> uh, Jeff Bezos, these guys are like, they, they've got to be time travelers. I'm sorry. Like they've got to be. And I, it wouldn't be a stretch of the imagination to, to argue that maybe with time travel, maybe physically you won't be able to travel your physical form, like say a hundred years from now, right? Twenty one, twenty one. Right, you won't be able to just okay. I'm gonna hop in this machine, and you know, transfer my body to 2021. But what's to say that you won't be able to upload your consciousness, transfer your consciousness to like an entity, you know, it's like a form that exists now, or to a body that exists now, whatever that looks like. Right? Maybe they have it where you can either just kind of apparate and watch non-corporally which is why you can't you won't you're not able to see these entities you can just feel them like you just know that there's somebody watching you but you can't it's just a feeling right like that feeling when somebody's looking at you and you turn and there's nobody there but maybe there is somebody there it's just an it's a it's a human being i'm not trying to say that it's not they're not human beings i'm saying that in the future, 100 years from now, they have sort of we have as a society detached from the whole uh, 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 obsession with with materialism and we realize that the body is really just this vehicle and that a person is more than the body that the person really is their consciousness and they figured out a way to sort of transfer consciousness you know from body to body or from form to form that's another thing but also through time so like let's say future version of myself i have now reincarnated to you know, the year 2121. 
and everything is perfect, right? Oh, and then, but in this time, in this future, another thing that has now existed is that they have now figured out a way, they will figure out a way where you can track your past lives, right? So then you go to the, it's not a therapist anymore to give you drugs because, well, they've, you don't need medication, you don't need drugs or whatever. Like you, it's a one-off thing. You go, you have a, you go to a doctor, they say, okay, you've got whatever mental, you know, health issue. They give you a prescription. You take it just the one time because uh, we've moved past capitalism and the the need to hoard fucking money. <laughs> so there's no need to just keep people in, you know, on pills in, perpet- in perpetuity. Um, and so you just take the pill one time and now you're healed. And now it's like, okay, so you go to the psychiatrist and what they do instead is like they put you through this machine and it connects your, it doesn't try to track your your physical memories of like your form now in your brain, but it actually tries to track, the machine actually tracks your uh, your conscious memories. And so in this machine, you, you, you put this helmet on and it's connected. And I'm imagining the future in case you're like, wait, what the fuck is she talking about? I'm, I'm saying this is what, there's, this is a future that I want to experience and we're, we are probably going to experience. Um, thank you for following along. I always feel like when I go on these, uh, on these tandems, like, like that one guy from Pacific Rim, that's like the scientist and he has all these charts like taped to the wall and everybody's like, okay, I know what he's saying makes sense, but he sounds fucking crazy. (laughs) Um, stay with me. Okay. So you go into, you go to the psychiatrist, they give you medicine and now you're better. You go in there and you're like, "I, I feel depressed. And they're like, boom, here's your medication. Okay. I'm no longer depressed. Um, but instead, now it's like you go to a psychiatrist and um, you want to do a past life regression. So you go in, there's this machine, and it scans your consciousness for all the imprints of your past selves. And it prints out this piece of paper and it shows you who you were in each century, right? Who you were in the 1100s, who you were in the 1200s, 1300s, 1400s, 1900s, or whatever, however long. And then you go through another machine and you can literally now travel through time to your past incarnations and then either take control of the body of yourself or kind of nudge your past selves and basically become your own like intuition essentially. So your past self will have feelings of like, oh, I should do this or I shouldn't shouldn't do that. And to your past self, it's going to feel like, oh, I have intuition or I'm psychic. But it's really your future self that is now sort of influencing your past self, right, through time, through this machine in the future. I have my hands up right now. I'm <laughs> like, ta-da. <laughs> like... It's not far-fetched. It's not as crazy as it sounds, okay? There's a book called uh, ooh, is it Resurgence. I don't remember right now. And I'm afraid to try to search for it because every time I try to look through Audible, I accidentally hit play and then it cuts my shit off. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, it's a fictional book. I've talked about it before. Come on. (sighs) Recursion. Ha! 
by Blake Crouch. Um, read that. That's another really good book. I don't read a lot of fiction um, at all, actually, but it's one of my favorite uh, fictional books. And it talks about something to this effect. Not quite, though. What I'm talking about is different. But he talked about essentially a person traveling along their own, their own traveling back in time through their own brain and then changing the past in different ways. Um, but in their own lifetime, what I'm talking about is going back through different lifetimes. Hey, if you're listening to this, by the way, <laughs> and you are like a writer or something, find me on Twitter, Jolie Artist, and reach out to me and let's write something. Because I, I, I want to see this produced because I want people talking about this, um, these kind of things. I want to see this produced on like TV or something like that or a movie or something like that. Because um, that would be, or a series, like that would be dope like i i want you guys to think i want you guys to imagine it's so invigorating like bucking the system so to speak bucking the status quo because our at least personally for me i was always programmed just to see reality in this one way right it's either one like as a child i was raised you know, as a Christian. So it's like, oh, you die, you can go to heaven. And heaven is a place where you play fucking harps all day and praise God, which who wants to do that for all eternity, right? And all the sinners are actually not there, right? They're all burning in hell. So then what, you're just going to be in heaven with a bunch of judgmental assholes who never did anything wrong? Like, that's not fun. <laughs> like, I'm trying to hang out with the people who were like, this is bullshit, fuck that. But apparently they're all going to be burning in hell. So I threw that out. I don't believe in that. The opposite, of course, is, you know, Darwinism or, you know, atheism, extreme atheism, which is basically you're an insignificant nothing. You were born, you know, by accident. You you die and then you just rot in the ground. And who you are is just, you know, an accident of, of fate, so to speak, and it's confounded, you know, it's confined in the brain, and once you die, that's it. Well, that's fucking stupid. Like, I don't want to believe that either. You know, I don't believe that. So for the last few years of my life, I've been, have been spent trying to find, okay, what do other cultures believe, right? Because, like I said earlier, part of the problem with white supremacy is not just the racism. It's the idea, it's the ideology that just, if, if a European says it, if a white person says it, it's true. And if a person of color or for a different culture that's not European says something different, they're wrong, right? Uh, the, uh, the story of Noah, for example, is, is based on the Middle Eastern epic of Gilgamesh, right? And the epic of Gilgamesh, we were written by the Sumerians thousands of years before the, the idea of Noah even like was written down. It was a stolen story. A lot of the Bible stories in the Bible are stolen from other cultures, from the Egyptians, from the Sumerians, yeah. All of that. And yet uh, Babylonians, if you ask a Christian about Babylon and the Babylonians, they'll immediately tell you, oh, those people are demonic. They're evil. They worship Satan. Like, <laughs> okay. But you do realize that the, the the Christian religion is a Middle Eastern religion, right? And, okay. Now I'm going to go into that, right? But that that's white supremacy. It's not just, white supremacy isn't just this person thinks, okay, this white person thinks that they're superior to you because of the color of their skin. 
white supremacy affects everybody. It, it it's basically it feeds into the de- the denigration of your own culture if you're a person of color and your own gods and your own beliefs and your own religion and your own scientists and your own country's um achievements putting them below the achievements and the accomplishments of Europeans and of whites. That's a problem, right? So part of how you fight white supremacy is expanding your mind and thinking outside the box and, and, and really checking out other beliefs. And other, I'm not saying you believe everything. I'm saying that there are other things out there and, and, and you consider them, you take them into your mind and then you, you, you know, take it in as food for thought. And that, that's been my approach. And that's why I read a lot of the books that I read. Some of them are a little bit unconventional in what the authors talk, talk about. And it's okay. You know, it's something that says, okay, it's different. You know, there, there are a lot of writers who have said that, for example, the theory of evolution is wrong. And it's based in Francis Crick himself, the guy who, one of the guys who discovered the double helix, who discovered the DNA, he said that because of the way DNA is, it's been unchanged um, for forever. Um, he doesn't believe the DNA actually happened, occurred in this planet, on this planet, naturally. And so he believes in panspermia that aliens or whatever brought DNA here. And some people have piggybacked off that idea um, and have extrapolated from that to say, okay, well, perhaps aliens escaping from their world came to this world and turned Earth into a kind of library um, and then genetically engineered uh, the life forms here on this planet um, and seeded it with their DNA to kind of form what we are now, which is a sort of hybrid of, you know, these, I guess, these aliens, right? Which would, in in a way, make sense because a lot of human beings all kind of report this, like, feeling, innate feeling of not necessarily feeling like we're from here. I, I, I mean, I feel that way, and I know a lot of people do who feel like I'm not really from here. Like, I feel like I'm from somewhere else. You know, and some people have made the argument that those these entities are still with us now, kind of watching everything, um, which is why the the idea of somebody developing an ability and yes, it's impossible for us now, but it may not always be um, developing the uh, 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 some sort of technology to allow a, a person to accurately regress back to past incarnations right precisely and learn how they died and how they lived and i'm saying take it a step further and actually go back and either full on like inhabit that body again and then move throughout that time period or nudge that person's you know life by being their intuition, so to speak, and help them make different choices so that your future outcome, right, the future incarnation is different, right? That's, that's wild. Like, honestly, like, imagine this sort of concept, which is like, okay, 
not just past life regressions, but you can literally go back and change your entire like karmic life. So imagine like 400 years from now, 500 years, a thousand years from now, a thousand years from now. Okay. Um, where everything that I mentioned is now a thing. Okay. Everybody gets, everybody gets a house, everybody gets a car, you know, you don't have to work if you don't want to. All the sickness is gone. Illness is gone. You can replicate your food. So all of those, like the, the base level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs have been met. And the next step is, okay, what do you do? Okay, so we have tried simulation hypothesis, or, but in real time where you could just, instead of watching TVs to become TV to become entertained or to be entertained, you put on a helmet and you live like your favorite character on a TV show or a movie, right? Which I've argued is what we're doing now in this reality. But what happens after you take the helmet off of this simulation? Well, it's not, this isn't, if this world really is a simulation, if this world really is a simulation that has been created by an advanced society that's doing a sort of retro um, ancestral simulation, which is what we're living right now, my argument is that that won't be the only form of entertainment, this world, right? This, this simulation. There would be others. So what I'm saying is, okay, let's think what other forms of entertainment would there be? And I say entertainment with quotes, because um, anything could be argued, could be considered entertainment. I started this podcast talking about I bought Doge for the entertainment value, okay? So bear that in mind. At the end of it, at the core of it all, humanity is constantly seeking to avail itself of boredom. We're restless beings. So what other thing, what other technology would exist? Well, you could, like I said, and I'm going to keep saying it, is, you know, there might be uh, technology where you put on your helmet and you can travel back in time through your past incarnations and literally change your timeline. So I remember earlier I mentioned the Japanese bombers who were reincarnated as Burmese children. Right. So now imagine I'm a Japanese bomber and I go off to war and I'm told I've got to bomb this village, this Myanmar village, this Burmese village. And I, instead of saying, okay, I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do, now that I'm aware that, okay, uh, I'm not just going to die, I'm going to come back as the, you know, as children of people who survived my attack. And I'm going to suffer the consequences of my attack. I make a different choice and go, you know what? I'm not going to fucking do that. I'm sorry. Right. And the reason why I make a different choice is because a future incarnation of myself is now retroactively influencing my behavior now. And so now instead of me coming back as, you know, a, yeah, a Burmese child, I end up coming, I end up reincarnating as something else or someone else, right? I reincarnate again as, you know, as a Chinese person or I reincarnate as, you know, literally anything else, but it's not as a result of a karmic action, 
right? It's just, it's a different thing. Well, what happens is when you change the past like that, you in the future will become a different incarnation. And so I just now have the, like, I just imagine myself in the future with this uh, mask helmet thing on morphing into a different physical incarnation, right? So <laughs> sorry if, I, if this is confusing. I hope it's not, um, but I'm trying my best to explain it um, as clearly as I can. So I'm this Japanese bomber, but I am also in the future. I'm, I'm like, let's say I'm a white dude in the future, okay? And I go to the psychologist and he puts on this helmet that allows me to retroactively affect my past. So I put on this mask and go back to like my incarnation, uh, my past incarnation as a Japanese bomber um, that led to me being a white male, okay? But let's say I'm bored just because it's entertainment. I don't want to be a white male anymore. I don't want to incarnate as a white male, right? So what they do, what they would do in this future reality is you put the helmet on, you go back, you change one action, and by changing one action, it changes your path of incarnation. So now you change from uh, from reincarnating to a Burmese child to now you're an Indian woman, right? And then in the future, the version of myself that reincarnated into a white male, I start changing. Now I'm a black female, right? So my body changes. And so that's how people sort of alter themselves without physically having to actually have surgery or whatever. Like that's wild to think about, but I want you guys to think about that because like that is something that is very probable. And also a show that I would pay money (laughs) to watch. Like I want to write this stuff. I just like don't really have the time, but I guess now that I've said I probably should write it. Um, and maybe pitch it because like that's cool um yeah so i uh i know that something to think about something to think about um yeah something to think about i know that we are sort of programmed to just be stuck and i think that's why a lot of people also struggle with suicide and struggle with depression or whatever because of what the prevailing mindset is and the limitations of our present time period you know you're 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 told this is all there is right or so it's either you it's either one or another you choose to believe okay i die and i go to heaven which is not true or you die and that's it right and i'm and i'm challenging you to think beyond the present Think about what's possible. You know, I've talked about wormholes. I've talked about time travel. You know, I've talked about robots. Um, I've talked about entertainment. And these things, these ideas bring me hope. You know, these ideas are encouraging. These ideas are fun to think about, to talk about. You know, everybody wants to talk about the weather when they get, I hate fucking small talk. Like, I, I, shut up. <laughs> it's like watching a movie and let's talk about the plant in the background 
You know what I mean? Or like, oh, look, that's interesting that there's a taxi cab in the left corner. Like, no, this this world is so intricate. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's more intricate than we have been led to believe. It's more involved than we have been led to believe. There are some books out there that I, I've just been reading. And like I said, it's not that I believe everything that's, that's said, you know, about ESP or telekinesis or um, out-of-body experiences or whatever. Um, but a lot of the people who provide these, you know, arguments have, have the, the arguments are compelling. And so I, I encourage you to check out, you know, a lot of these books that I mentioned. I'm not saying you go in and you read everything and you go, okay, now I totally believe that X, Y, and Z, but I don't think it's far-fetched. To, for example, think that extraterrestrials are walking amongst us right now. If you think that extraterrestrials are limited to little green men, then yeah, it does sound ridiculous. But if you follow a logical train of thought and you understand that technology is going to evolve and progress and you understand that eventually we're going to discover things that we could only sort of imagine right now, then it's not that far-fetched to say that there is a future version of humanity where we have tackled time travel, where we have found a way to generate wormholes to the point where it's probably going to be commonplace (laughs) and taken for as as much for granted as I take me calling my cousin who is in another time zone and on another continent and having a little static in the background. And if you if you can imagine that said quote extraterrestrials aren't actually little green men but might very well be humans of the future that have come back through time and either observed us non-corporally and corp meaning body corpse right so non-corporally without bodies right just observed us or transferred you know traveled through incarnations bearing that bearing in mind that your consciousness is immortal it doesn't die right think of your consciousness as data on your phone that's backed up to the iCloud. If I destroy my phone, so long as I've backed it up, the data that I've backed, you can't touch data, it's intangible. Just like you can't touch consciousness, it's intangible. And my argument here is that consciousness is intangible. Right? It's not found in your brain, just like the information that you have in your cell phone isn't just stored on the phone. It's also backed up to your cloud, to a cloud server. So what I'm saying is that it's not hard to imagine that you as consciousness have always sort of existed as this non-corporeal thing 
that has and can transfer from one form to another form to another form to another form. Just like you've transferred your data from one iPhone to another iPhone to an Android back to an iPhone or whatever, right? Same concept. And I encourage you guys to think about that because I think that by doing so, we, we start taking a broader view of this world, right? Having a better understanding of this world, not just accepting things at, at face value. I think that if you are, if you encourage yourself to understand that if reincarnation really is a thing, you're going to get reincarnated back here, you might be more thoughtful the next time you go to throw something in the trash that maybe you should be recycling or, you know what I mean? <laughs> like if, if we're, if this, if earth is a closed system and your soul, your, your consciousness doesn't die with your body, then essentially you're going to be your own descendant. And then you are going to be the one that either profits from or suffers from the consequences of the things that you're doing and we are doing now in the present time. Right. To me, to be short-sighted and not think about consequences of your actions or just imagine a future beyond just now and not imagining a future by, you know, by worrying about it or being fearful, but actually creating a positive future of what you want to see and being more active. I think that these things are important. You know, we're too passive. There's a lot more passive people shaping the way our society as a whole is heading towards. And unfortunately, by by doing nothing or by sort of taking a passive approach of, okay, well, whatever's going to be will be in a sense, um, makes it so that uh, reality, you know, sort of is is kind of whatever it is, a very small minority of people who happen to be driving it, want it to be. Okay, and I'm saying like, get up, wake up, create what you want to see, create the reality that you want, you want to experience, <laughs> you know, live your life in a way that what you do now, when you die and you come back, you're not suffering some sort of fucked up karmic <laughs> consequence of your actions. Now, I'm not saying to be afraid or, or, you know, feel guilty or judgmental. I'm saying you don't die. We don't die. I, I don't know how else to say that I've said this so many times. And I'm, I don't come to that, I haven't come to that conclusion lightly. I've come to that conclusion by reading a lot. And not on the same topic across the board. And they're all basically saying the same thing, that life is cyclical. Right? So you have reincarnation, Eastern uh, philosophy. You have the big bounce theory, that's science. You know, you have seasons, that's nature. It all cycles, it all repeats. So what I'm saying is, live like that. Don't, don't be so confound and bound by time and form right now. Past, present, future all exist together. Are all inter- intertwined. All breathing. They breathe as one. They move as one.
Oh, shit, I mentioned, I was going to mention the monolith. Okay, real quick. Um, so, in 2001 A Space Odyssey, there was, uh, there was a scene where there was a, mach- there was a machine called a monolith. And the monoliths are built by an unseen extraterrestrial species. In the series and in the film, there are three monoliths that are discovered in the solar system by hominids and humans. I'm reading and humans. I'm reading straight off of uh, Wikipedia right now. The response of these characters to their discovery drives the plot of the series. It also influences the fictional history of the series, particularly by encouraging humankind to progress with technological de- development and space travel. So the reason why I mentioned the monolith um, in 2001, The Space Odyssey, is because if you kind of look at the picture of a monolith, it's like black and it's like kind of a rectangle a bit. I mean, it's more cute, but it reminded me of like a cell phone. And then I thought, wow, like I've always kind of felt that cell phones are... I'm sorry, (laughs) this is my hill, I'm dying on this hill. I've always felt that cell phones are a result of like genetically, I'm sorry, of reverse engineered uh, alien technology. And by alien, I mean extraterrestrial. I don't mean little green men, I just mean from other lands. And I'm leaning towards the mindset that these other lands are like future. Like future humans that have seeded space and have traveled back in time to our present and are now influencing our timeline the way I alluded to you influencing your own incarnation through the past and affecting change in the future. Why wouldn't they do that? Why wouldn't that happen on the macro level? So I've always felt that these, because this is one thing that doesn't fit, you know, chairs have stayed chairs Homes have stayed homes. Doors have stayed the same shape through time. In fact, they've gotten more simplified, actually. Clothes are becoming more simplified, but our technology are getting increasingly complex. And I've always felt that like cell phones are like the proverbial monoliths that were mentioned in uh, you know, the focal point of the movie, uh, 2001 uh, Space Odyssey. Um, anyway, something there to think about a lot of things to think about my favorite thing is giving you guys think things to think about all right guys thanks for listening